know, anytime you think your life is over, it's not. I mean, we're all so blessed to be here. Right. It is an unbelievable world that's out there. Right. Hi, everybody. Super excited to share my conversation with my friends, Kimberly and Key. They are the amazing two co-founders of Grace by Grit, which is an awesome athletic apparel company. They launched back in 2013 based out of San Diego, California. They're my very first guests from the West Coast. Throughout our conversation, they tell us all about life before Grace by Grit and were kind enough to share their gritty stories, such as when Kimberly lost her first husband to cancer at age 30 and when Kate went through a divorce at age 29. But don't worry, there are silver linings to these gritty moments. We then dive into their incredible entrepreneurial journey of launching Grace by Grit. They tell us all about their unique brand, how it's different from competitors, how they overcame the naysayers, how they juggle working full-time with teenagers, what they've learned about investors, and so much more. I hope you guys enjoy our conversation as much as I did. Hi, Kimberly and Keith. Welcome to High Five Success Stories. Thanks for having us. Um, and just so the listeners know, you guys are my first guests from the West Coast. So we have Kimberly calling in from Cabo and Kate's calling in from San Diego. Um, and I'm here in Philadelphia where it's still freezing. Sometimes I question why I haven't moved to the West Coast. Um, but anyhow, just so people know how we got connected too, my mom actually discovered you guys at a pop-up event in a town called Haverford, which is, you know, right outside of Philadelphia. And right after she met some of your reps, she um, called me and was like, Steph, you know, I discovered this great company. They sell athletic gear. And um, she was kind enough to buy a new pair of running leggings, which I've been living in. So thanks, mom. And like I just told you guys, I recently bought this versatile black dress. And it's finally going to get warm in Philadelphia this coming weekend. So I can't wait to wear it. Um, Anyhow, I kept Grace by Grit on my radar. And as I was doing my research, I immediately knew that you guys were perfect for the podcast when I read the following passage on your website and it said, every woman has a story. Every woman has experienced a difficult moment that she thinks might just break her. How we make it through these moments defines us. Our grittiest moments gives us our grace. Every woman has been graced by grit. Um, so I love that quote so much because I think around 90% of the people I have interviewed have been through some sort of adversity or as you guys would call it, a gritty moment. So like I've said, I've interviewed people that have lost loved ones, have been through divorce, have trouble getting pregnant, have overcome addiction. So I knew right away, um, you know, your company had a lot of synergy with my podcast. So um, thank you again for being here. And before we dive into the amazing story of, um, you know, how you built Grace by Grip, I thought it would be helpful for the listeners to get a little bit more background on Kimberly and Kate. So Kimberly, calling in from Cabo. Um you want to give the listeners a little bit of background sort of on where you're from, um, some of the jobs you might have had before Grace by Grit, and then also if you're kind enough to share, you know, maybe one of your gritty moments in life. Sure. I am from Montana mm-hmm. and uh, moved to California when I was in junior high, went to high school in Santa Cruz, California, did my undergraduate degree at UC Berkeley. Uh, eventually got my MBA from UCLA. I, uh, my undergraduate degree is in chemical engineering. And while I was in college, I met my uh, soon-to-be husband. But I almost didn't marry him because I met someone else right after college named Jim. Okay. So 
my gritty moment is that I did marry my college boyfriend. And sadly, he passed away from leukemia when we were 30. And I moved to South America. I took a job with a uh, telephone company and helped privatize it. And came back to the U.S. for a conference, ran into Jim, and now I'm married to him. And I have two great kids, so that gritty moment certainly has become the biggest grace of my life. Now I have two teenagers. Mm-hmm. I might be going through a gritty moment again right now. Mm-hmm. And, um, yeah, you know, losing a husband in your 30s is pretty tough. Right. Because you were 30 years old, correct? 30 years old, okay. exactly 30, and thought, like some of your listeners, you mm-hmm. know, you get to be 30, and you think, okay, what's my future? I've got, you know, seven to 10 years left before I have to have kids, and for me, I thought, am I going to meet someone in those seven to 10 years? Because now I'm a, I'm a widow, right. and I knew I needed time to grieve, and I didn't know if I was going to be ready within 10 years, mm-hmm. so it was really stressful. Yes. On a lot of fronts. I mean, people who are consoling me at the same time, it was, I'm so sorry for your loss. Aren't you sad that you'll never have children? Oh, my gosh. Okay. So so you're now 56, right? Is that okay if I tell the listeners (laughs) how old you are? Yes, you can. They probably thought I was 26 by looking at the website. Exactly. (laughs) Um, And like I told you before, a lot of my listeners are my age. They're around 30. So I think people that might be tuning in, um, you know, obviously that's a gritty moment that you went through. So do you remember if there's anything you did during those grieving years that sort of helped you get through it? story too, because that was however many years ago, 25 years ago. So, um, you're able to kind of, you know, share it from a, a good light at this point. Um, and I talk about this a lot in my different podcasts, people like losing someone. So did, did you practice being grateful at all? Um, practice of gratitude? Yes. I okay. mean, that is, um, you know, goes back to our name that you're graced by those gritty moments. Mm-hmm. So I'm thankful for everything that happens me because one thing I'm good at is objectively, and this might be the engineer in me, but looking at a situation and being objective and seeing, okay, this is good, this is bad. I'm also really good at part part analyzing. (laughs) I was able to say, wow, you know, I learned so much and I was so lucky to have met, his name was Carlos, to have met Carlos and learned from him and had those great years. And even if nothing ever happens, if I don't get married, 
married again and had children. Uh-huh. I'm so lucky that I had found that love so early. You know, right. Some people go through their whole life and they are married and have kids that never had that love. But right. I was lucky enough to have that and then fall in love again with an amazing, generous, kind man. Mm-hmm. So I feel like I'm the luckiest woman in the world. Yeah. And, you know, anytime you think your life is over, it's not. I mean, we're all so blessed to be here right. it is an unbelievable world that's out there right um thank you for sharing your story too because like i said i'm 30 and i think a lot of people you know get caught up in what they're supposed to be doing getting married and everything so you're a good testament that you know if you stay patient and um you know practice gratitude that you know things will work out there always is light at the end of the tunnel so, um, you know, I th- I'm, I'm thankful that you were able to share, you know, your gritty story. Um, and then Kimberly also, um, can you touch on a couple of the jobs you had before Grace by Grit and sort of maybe some things you've learned from those sure. corporate jobs that has helped you with your company today? Sure. I mean, the thing about the types of jobs I had before, they were all about innovation. Okay. And my first job was with Rockwell, and I designed a turbine blade that went on the space shuttle. And there was a lot to do there, and a lot to bump up against, because I was a young female, and there weren't a lot of women. It, it was more, not the whole turbine blade, by the way, mm-hmm. the material, I was material brand, the material mm-hmm. for it. But there, you know, it was a big corporation, and there was the government, and there was the space program. So it was constantly, you know, pushing up against these things. Mm-hmm. I was also um, uh, one of the youngest vice presidents ever in the company that now Verizon. It was different. I was in a big corporation. And the thing that's astonishing to me is as a young female engineer and a young female executive, I really never thought being female would get in my way. And mm-hmm. that's been the biggest change for Grace by Grace because here I am. I founded this company with another woman, Kate, and you'll hear her great story in a minute, but Kate and we have unbelievable women employees, mm-hmm. and we make clothing that makes women look good and feel great, so it's all about women, and I thought that would be easy, and then we thought, oh gosh, we're going to find a great female investor to fund us, mm-hmm. and there's not a lot of female investors, and that's been the biggest challenge for, right. for me, is because I had never... Being a woman had never really been an issue okay. until I went to find funding for a startup and found out that women-run startups don't get funding. And it's shocking to me because, as you said, I am 56 years young. And all of a sudden, I realized I can be held back because I'm a woman, but I never thought that. When I was your age, I thought being a woman was the greatest thing because you got the right. brains, you got the legs, you got everything. Right. Um, no, and I definitely want to touch on the whole, um, investing side too, because I think that's really interesting. Um, especially people that might be tuning in, thinking about starting company to know that, do you know any of the statistics too? I think it's, it's wild. It's like, I think 92% of, um, investors from venture capitals are men, correct? Yes. Okay. And and actually the the number of venture capitalists is even higher. It's probably like 98% of the venture capitalists are men. 90, um, 2% 2% of what they invest in are male-owned businesses. Wow. And if you look at women investors, we learned recently 71% of the money that a woman controls stays in the bank. Wow. So they're not investing. And we didn't know that. I mean, there's 
probably a whole psychoanalysis done on the risk profile mm-hmm. for women and for men that, you know, is maybe Darwin-led, I don't know. But right. uh, it's interesting to me because I am a female investor okay. and I'm also a female entrepreneur and it's, uh, it's shocking. Right. Um, but that just means we, it's our gritty moment right now. We have right. to pivot our strategy and now we're going after really smart, really fun men that want to invest in a great business. Right. Lots of great women working in it. Yeah, that's great. Um, and backing up a little bit too to your years, what did you invent for the um, when you worked at for the space shuttle? That's I okay. I worked on the turbine blade for the main engine of the space shuttle calendar. Actually, that was another gritty moment because, as you know, sadly, that wasn't one of our successful trips in, the, in space. And uh, I thought, oh my gosh, that's the first ship that my. Um, piece is going on. Okay. That, that wasn't the cause of the fault, but it was really stressful. Right. And what year was that when you were working on that? Just out of curiosity. Oh, what year was that? That mm-hmm. was the space shuttle went up in 1985. Okay. And I did the work in 1983. Okay. Wow. And that is, is that mostly a male driven industry? Correct me if I'm wrong, but. Oh my gosh. Yeah. yeah. I mean, chemical engineering at Berkeley, I think there were only three women that graduated wow. in my class. Yeah. And I was the only non-born female chemical engineer that okay. graduated in my year. Yeah. So um, how did you manage with that, too, working with all men? Because I'm especially interested because I'm in commercial real estate. Selfishly, I'm interested because um, I'm in a male-driven industry. So, um, you know, were there positive sides to it or were there any negative sides? Oh, my gosh. It was great. Yeah. It was great. I have to say, if anything, like, the uh, older men mm-hmm. in engineering were cheering me on because they're all fathers. Right. And they wanted to see their daughters succeed. So yeah. it was great. It wasn't, I don't think it, it had all the good parts of men mm-hmm. and not, you know, some of the cheesy parts. Okay. <laughs> because they're engineers. They're kind of dorky. Yeah. Know? And they're great. It was great. Okay. I never had a problem. And when I... I had a little problem in Venezuela in the beginning because I went in my corporate suit because I was a vice president, so I wore a same suit I would wear in a corporate job in the U.S., and this yeah. was the early 90s. Right. And uh, one of the girls who worked for me said, listen, you need to cut about eight inches off that skirt. You'll get more done. So, you know, you got to adapt. Yeah. So did, and the men there were great, too. Totally. Um, no, that's great. And I, I sometimes, my sisters and I are all in commercial real estate and mostly being, you know, the few women in the industry. And, um, my one sister always says that cold calling is actually a lot easier when you're a woman, when you're cold calling for commercial properties. Um, cause they're so used to men calling them that we kind of have a little bit of an edge that way, which I thought kind of interesting yeah. in a sense. Yeah. And that's how I felt. I mean, yeah. I, I felt if anything, I did have an edge because, I was the unexpected person in the room. They, no one had anticipated me coming in the room. There are a lot of Kims in chemical engineering, but not a lot of them are women. Okay. And so I would come into a meeting, and it was it was great. It was I happened to work with a lot of really smart, talented men. Oh, good. And um, it was great. Yeah. And what about your time at Verizon? Um, what was, you know, your experience there like? 
it was also incredible because I was um, when I was one of the youngest, if not the youngest, one of the youngest executives there, okay. and I was a woman. And again, it was I was championed the whole time, and my champions were men. I had uh, one boss, Virgil Gardea, who was an African American man who okay. had risen up um, in this corporate setting, and. He was a great leader, and if nothing else, he encouraged me to look higher and, and dream beyond what anyone thought was possible for a right. woman in the company. Right. Was, he felt that the time was right to just take it. Right. Um, I love your story. I love how you shared, you know, your gritty moments and then also, you know, the background that you've had, which obviously, you know, you probably applied a lot of what you learned at those two companies. Um with your entrepreneurial journey. Um, so Kate, I'd also love to hear your story as well. So the listeners can get to know you a little bit. So I'll kind of let you take it from here. So yeah, my story is very different from Kimberly. Okay. Um, I grew up in upstate New York, mm-hmm. wonderful big family, went to school in Western Massachusetts. Um, I was an athlete and outgoing and I was a happy kid. I loved high school rolled into college and I was loving college as well and always dreamed of becoming a businesswoman. I had a sister that was two years younger than me that her dream was always to become a mom. Okay. And I was, you know, would always be like, oh, I'm going to be a businesswoman. That's right. going to be my dream. And okay. then um, I got pregnant in college okay. and I got, I had that baby with um, her dad. I got married when I was six months pregnant and had her when I, I took just the semester of my senior year off the fall semester okay. so I could have her and then worked my butt off. He worked his butt off. We finished school up and I, I finished school with her in the front pack. I mean, I was 21 years old. Wow. I know. I know. Yeah. And um, she was, I mean, I loved her just like any mom loves their baby. So right. it, was a, it was a really super happy time of my life, but it was tough because no, it hadn't been necessarily my plan. Right. At the same time, I mean, I had incredible support. I have a wonderful family and network, um, but it was just a different path. And I always had dreamed of of some type of business. So I, I did odd jobs to make ends meet. I mean, I was lucky enough to be able to spend time with her. And I had another little girl two years later. So she had a sister and Okay. Um, they were a tribe team, but I started a business like helping organize people's homes. And then I was always coaching as an athlete. I was coaching swim teams. I started a swim program for a bunch of kids, started okay. an adult master's program. And then I moved out to California. Okay. Um, I, I joined a fitness club here, a nonprofit and started coaching also there. I really got into the coaching side in terms of working with women and seeing, you know, women push themselves after they had had kids and the strength behind women and hearing their stories on runs and um, just loving being part of the community here in Southern California, doing that. It was a big shift from being on the East Coast. Okay. Uh, and about four months after being out here, got divorced. Okay. So how old were you at that point, Kate? I was 29. Okay. Like so two kids at a five and a seven-year-old. Wow. 29. Yeah. Um, so how did you get through that period too, when you first got divorced? Like, how did you, you know, was that your gritty moment? That was one of them. Okay. (laughs) I think there's been, 
There's been a few, a mm-hmm. few big ones. Okay. Um, and they're not more unique than anybody else's. But yeah, that was a tough time of my life. And for me, I mean, I exercised a lot. Okay. I I don't know that, I mean, I'm like Kimberly, and I think this is probably why one of the reasons we work well together. I'm very good at compartmentalizing. Okay. And I can, I can put emotion in its place. And that doesn't mean that either one of us are perfect. I mean, Kimberly will cry at all the happy stuff, and I cry at all the actual sad stuff. Okay. She, if I even mention my daughter's names in front of her, she can start crying. <laughs> it's true. It's true. I love those girls. Today, someone asked if Gwen was my daughter. I said, well, kind of, but not really. Oh, my gosh. And we, and how old are your girls, too, so the listeners know? So, Kimberly, you're, you're, they're all teenagers, right? Yep. Yeah. Okay. Kimberly has a son who is 17. Okay. A daughter who is 13. Okay. And I have a daughter that's 17 and a daughter that's 15. Okay. That's so fun. So all of them are sort of like the same age. Fun um, is one word. <laughs> yeah, fun is one word. They, they also like each other a lot and gang up on us. So okay. Interesting. Um, yeah, we've got a game of Kate. <laughs> we do. We do. So, Kate, um, did that divorce happen, I guess, around like seven, eight years ago? So, now it's not at 10 years. 10, ago. wow. Okay. I'm entering my 40th year. Okay. So, yeah, yeah, I've been divorced for 10 years and I co parent really well and have a very modern family in okay. Southern California. My parents sort of giggle when they come out being from the Midwest that right. it's evolved into, it's a, you know, life's good. I have no complaints, but I also struggled and I struggled to sort of figure out it was a path that I, I hadn't planned for. And it's tough to start out being responsible, you know, right out of the gate from, um, from college and not building a foundation professionally. You know, Kimberly and I have very different backgrounds in that sense and life experience. And I always was, you know, as a young mom struggling with how much do I work? What do I do? How much right. do I, uh, do I focus on myself right now that I'm a mom and also want to have time with this baby and be a good parent and, um, not miss out on moments that I'll never get back. And so it was, you know, a challenge that a lot of women face now too. It's not unique to even being young, right. uh, working and um, women that don't even have a choice. That's right. just the reality. They're going to have to do that. Right. Um, but getting divorced, becoming a single parent was definitely tough. And realities of what that looked like was tough. But I'm, again, like having a great support system, I'm, I'm super blessed by right. that. And, you know, going back to Kimberly's, you know, and your question about being grateful despite the tough moments, you yeah. know, whether you choose them or you don't choose those moments, it's still tough sometimes yeah. and have and realizing what you do have is often, I think, the, the key to carrying yourself through to get to that next step of feeling better. Right. Right. Um, but yeah, and then I was fortunate because I met some great women and, and was working at this, um, you know, this great nonprofit that had a great community. Mm-hmm. And Kimberly was one of those community members. And that's okay. how she and I met and connected because I was the bossy swim coach and she was her a trainer for a <laughs> um and how many years ago did you guys meet eight years ago oh my gosh okay so we're in 2018 yeah. so you guys and i know you guys launched grace by grit in 2013 like five years ago around yep okay yep, 2014. so you guys um uh was, oh, it was 2014 you said 
2013. 13, got it. Okay, so 2013, so five years ago. So you guys had known each other for around three years at that point? Yeah. Okay. I, You know, and I thought it was really cool how you guys sort of, you know, built your relationship. The fact that, you know, Keith, you were the um, the trainer. Because I think, especially when, like, when I'm working out with people or, um, you know, if you, you or even if you're playing golf or tennis, you really build really nice relationships with people because you get to really know them. So um, I think it's kind of cool how you turn it into a business partnership. Um, so, you know, going back a little bit at that point in 2013, um, where were you guys like, uh, you know, if you don't mind me asking, like financially sort of, you know, what gave you the confidence to, um, to start this company? You know, single mom, um, okay. and didn't have a foundation at all. And, okay. Um, starting a career essentially at that point and raising two little girls. Okay. Um, so my financial situation was a whole lot of sweat equity. Okay. And, and that's how, where I was at in terms of just, I'm a hard, I'm a super hard worker. I do what I say I'm going to do. Okay. Um, and if I have a vision, I guess I go for it. And I know that now and I've done it a couple of times. Right. What about you, Kimberly? Where were you sort of in life at that point? Well, I talked to you a little bit about my early career, which mm-hmm. was great. And then okay. I ended up working for a consultancy in Hollywood and helped. Um, and we took over and reformatted a large cable channel and sold it. Wow. And okay. I had started a, um, actually, my partner in that venture was a Philadelphia group, Comcast. Oh, and yeah. I had then started something else with them. One of my female partners, a consultancy, and did that for a few years. And I had a great career, and I thought, you know, maybe it's time for me to become a professional triathlete. Okay. And uh, I've only done one triathlon. The one she trained me for, and I realized that a professional triathlete probably wasn't my future. Okay. But I was, you know, we kept looking at the clothing that people were wearing, and we saw that the people who performed better had better fitting clothing and looked good and had the confidence. And for me, you know, I was just into my 50s then. Okay. And things weren't moving at the same speed when I went for a run. So I knew I needed a little more compression. I needed more technical fabric. Okay. And I knew that I had to look good, that I would perform better. So for me, we kept saying to people we knew in the industry, why don't you make this like this? Right. Okay. And, you know, everybody had an excuse, like uh-huh. they weren't the owners of the company. Or in the case of um, my husband was the chairman of a company called Prana, but they were preparing to sell. So we okay. didn't want to add anything else. Right. So we just decided, you know what? Let's just go for it. <laughs> no yeah. one's in a better position to do it. We might as well try it. And, you know, if we fail, we fail, but let's try. And here we are five years in. So yeah. Amazing. So far, so good. Yeah. yeah. I love that. So basically, you know, five years ago, you started this company. Obviously, you had built a good relationship between the two of you. Um, and you went for it. So what was like the next step? What did you do then once you had this idea and you decided to go for it? Well, the very first laugh was, you know, we laughed a lot. Okay. We didn't sleep a whole lot. We tried clothes on. We yeah, I mean I think the very first thing we did was figure out what that brand represented. Okay. And really Kimberly and I, you know, despite having such different backgrounds, we shared the same values. We share the same values and we also 
definitely see the really beautiful parts of every single woman. Okay. Uh, and we also recognize the tough moments in life right. for everybody. And I think that common thread and knowing that every woman has a story was like really important for us to make sure that that customer and what we were representing in terms of the brand okay. stood in, you know, bigger. It stood for that storyline about women right. and about being tough okay. and getting up and making your life happen for yourself and having that, you know, that power within yourself to make it happen. Right. Um, and that was something that we shared a vision on. And that's what we did was we branded ourselves and then we pulled a ton of stuff out of our own closet and thought, how could we make this into athletic apparel? What do we love? What do we hate? We asked our friends. Okay. We created samples. Um, we had a local factory that we worked with for some samples. We put them on some women that were running a half marathon and had them product test for us. Okay. And loved it. They gave us their, you know, what their tweaks would be. And we came out with some initial designs. Um, and then we sourced um, our fabric from an incredible mill, a couple of different mills in, in Italy that was that is just really beautiful, high performance. And ultimately, Kimberly and I tested and tested and tested okay. the clothes. We're confident that it was something that we would want to wear for five years straight. <laughs> okay. I love that. That's that's amazing. So then um, you, know, you had the Gritty Girl community and everything. And then I'm sure you guys might get this question a lot, too. Um you know, what makes your actual clothing different from the competition like the Lululemons of the world? Ours look good when you move. Okay. So there's a lot of clothing out there that looks good when you're standing in the coffee shop. Right. But with ours, I mean, we have designed it so that when you're running, you're still looking good even if you're in your 50s. You know, you don't have the balance in places you don't want the balance. Right. So for us, I mean, I think that's the biggest thing. All of our clothes are UPF 50 plus. They um, they look good. They feel good. They protect you. We're about this community of women that buy our clothes. They're so engaged and excited, and they're always telling us, you know what you should do? This is what, you know, I do. But the greatest thing about our brand is the community that we've created, and we see it all the time. When people are traveling internationally and they see someone else in Grace by Grit and immediately it's a sisterhood. And we yeah. get these pictures of our customers from all over the world standing together when they've spotted someone else in Grace by Grit. Right. I love it. Um, and I've worn my spandex a lot too since December and I'm a big runner and um, I've you know, loved it. So I highly recommend it. Um, and <laughs> what I wanted to ask you guys too, is if you encountered any naysayers when you first launched, was anyone like, you know, there's so many other athletic brands out there. Like, what are you guys thinking? And how did you, you know, not fall victim to them if you did encounter them? We, I mean, there were a lot of naysayers, but okay. we, I mean, we even, we pitched our business to a local group here in San Diego okay. and had angel investors and mentors. Mm -hmm. Um, and it was, we pitched it, we gave a full presentation on the name, what it meant, who our target market was, everything. Mm -hmm. And out of 33 people in the room, I think 31 of them were men and we were highly criticized. The name wouldn't resonate with women. We were going too broad with trying to appease all different categories, um, and that, that there was the demographic out there that would like this. Okay. Uh, I was oh, I would be better at 
presenting by sitting in front of the podium because my legs are really nice. Okay. Uh, her legs are good. I have to admit, I can wander in front of the podium too. <laughs> so I have great legs. I, I mean, <laughs> you know, don't say anything. And we walked out of there, and definitely, it, for us, it put a fire under our butts to say we know that we actually believe in what we're doing. And right. You know, we believe in what it represents. Right. And we're co- felt more confident. But, you know, there's been a lot of obstacles along the way, and you feel defeated, but you pick yourself back up and um, move forward. And move forward. I love it. Um, and then did you guys have any like big aha moments when you, you know, you knew you were onto something that gave you, you know, the extra boost of confidence? Yeah. Our, our customers, that's where we get it. And that's why, you know, even when it's tough to get funding, that's what propels us because we don't want to let this community of women now that love our clothing, we don't want to let them down. Right. We have some customers initially we sold via trunk shows or fit shops. And we have four customers from that first trunk show. And it's kind of the event where your mom uh, found our product. And oh, right. in those moments, people get engaged because they were with, um, your mom met Sarah, who yeah. works with us, who sure. actually runs our Gritty Girls program. She's amazing. Okay. Uh, but people become engaged and really are rooting for us. And so our customers have supported us just when we think, oh my gosh, can we go out and try to get funding again? Mm-hmm. Well, yes, we can because we we want to and we've got all these women cheering us on. I love it. So um, what were your sales figures like too? How are they today? I read, I, I read somewhere what they were, but I don't know if um, you guys have an updated number. So we've done um, in lifetime sales, we've done over 3.5 million. Okay, wow. And, so, Okay. Um, and they're women that have sent us pictures of what they're doing and how they're exploring the world and how they're getting out there and the versatility. So, like the dress that you just um, received, mm-hmm. it's called the travel dress, and it, it's for women of all shapes and sizes, and it looks amazing. It's a classic cut with a mock turtleneck, sleeveless, but you can pull it up and wear it short, or you can wear it long. You're walking on the beach to dinner, or you're um, on a plane, or you need to look elegant with heels, and mm-hmm. we really try to these products and we showcase them you know online and so it's it's a way to pivot the business and for us to be to have you know the best margins as obviously a business that's important um but it also allows us to have a bigger reach with women that are all over the country right um, that that want to share their stories too and that's really been the the most special part i mean i think kimberly mentioned our community but also I remember driving the post. I was talking to Kimberly on the phone. I looked up. We had just started selling products. We were maybe like three or four months in. And I saw this group of women on the on the beach wearing brightly colored clothes. Okay. And I was like, oh, that's our product. Cool. I got to pull in. I have to see, you know, what they're doing here. They were doing a photo shoot. 
for this woman. And I said, oh, I love your the clothes you're wearing. She goes, oh, it's this company, Grace Spikeret. I said, yeah, 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 I, I, I've heard of it. She said, well, let me just tell you, you don't even understand. I have stage four cancer, uh, breast cancer. I have four children. I'm fighting for my life. And when I have chemotherapy, I just think the words, Grace Spikeret, over and over. That's who I am. And yeah. that's what represents for me. It's about this that I found and how you know that's what this means and then you know we can't come to find out I said oh my gosh I, you're right I have no idea what that means for you and you know I actually started the company and um, this woman was having a photo shoot done because she and she chose our clothes because they represented who she was but it sort of was the starting point of realizing that um, what we were building was a brand that was really truly about women and the stories right. and um, the that they have and the stuff they go through and sharing that and um it's been I mean it's been incredible yeah I love that story that's really cool and that must have been like a huge like boost of confidence too to keep going um like an aha moment almost so um I also want to touch on I know you guys you know both have teenagers so how do you juggle you know working full-time and then um, having teenagers, like, because I know a lot of women that might be interested in starting their own company might feel like, you know, they're not going to be able to manage it time-wise. I think it's just because our kids are so amazing and wonderful and easy. <laughs> 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 okay, I'm okay. <laughs> getting my giggles. Um, yeah. <laughs> the way we do it is we, we figure it out how to work around it. So Kate right now doing the conference call, her teenager is nearby, okay. and I have teenage one of Kate's teenage daughters okay. and my teenage daughter together in Cabo, and while they're down at the beach doing their, their cornrows. Oh my gosh. I'm up here bidding. Yeah, it'll be interesting. Kate's not going to be happy when I send the photos, probably. <laughs> Hilarious. But we just find a way to make it work, okay. right? I mean, if I'm going away, I'll uh, her teenager and take her with me, and it's good. It's um, luckily our kids get along most of the time, mm-hmm. and uh, it's worked. Our kids have each of our children has worked for the company. My son's taken photos. Okay. Um, her older daughter Maggie was a great employee for us. Okay. She worked in the store. She's been a model. Gwen's been a model. Uh, Grace has been a model. So all of our kids have, have worked and helped out. Super supportive. Right. And you just, you know, find a way to make it work with them, with the kids too. Um, well, it's not really another option. Yeah, so exactly. It, yeah. For me, I mean, I think for both of us, we've integrated this business with our kids and we've been lucky that they get along and it's been really wonderful in that sense. But as working parents, you're still dealing with kids, you know, the realities of time right. and, and balancing it all and certain things and we're lucky that because we're so close by, though, with our homes, that mm. we, we can do a lot of this where we can hop on calls wherever we are. Right. Um, has it been helpful also that, you know, you're two co-founders, so you can kind of bounce ideas off each other um, uh, rather than, you know, starting it alone? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I think that's been great. I mean, it's most of the time it's good, right? We don't get frustrated with each other very often, but when we do, we can usually laugh about it later. I mean, sometimes one of us is crabbier than the other. Sometimes we're both crabby. Okay. Sometimes we're both happy. Yeah. But it's, it's been fun. I mean, that's my favorite part of it is I'm working with Kate. Right. 
Um, and then what sort of advice, you know, either Kimberly or Kate, you can answer this. Would you, um, offer to someone to pull the trigger to go after their long sought out passion or career? And how would you advise them to not be intimidated by going outside their comfort zone? If you have a good idea and a good plan, Mm -hmm. do it. I think it's best to do it with a partner because it is easier. I mean, sometimes one of us is also has something we have to do. So the nice thing about having two partners is, you know, one guy can pop in and get the work done while the other one doing what they need to do personally. You can divide and conquer a lot. So I would say get a great partner, get a great team, Mm -hmm. is really get talented, um, experienced people on your team because Mm -hmm. one of the, one of the mistakes we made is we find these incredibly smart and driven young women with no experience. Okay. And as they were learning how to become business women and learning their, their way in the world. Okay. They were working for us. And so even though from a salary point of view, they weren't as expensive as someone experienced, it still ended up holding us back. And I would say that's one of the, the bigger mistakes we did because we were so enthusiastic and so excited to have these women because we were so smart right. and so great. But they were great. So right. I think you have to have a fair amount of experience on your team. Okay. And how many people are on your team today? I meant to ask you that earlier. So right now, currently, we have about eight employees. Okay. And then we have store associates because we have a pop-up store in North County, San Diego, in a place called Shops at Carlsbad. And we have our um, our flagship store in Solana Beach. Okay. And those store employees, we have about 11 to 12 of them. Okay. And they're women that are in the community and they're awesome. 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 Yeah. Um, And we have consultants also, part-time employees. Okay. Very cool. Um, Do we have time for rapid fire? Are you guys okay? Sure. Okay. (laughs) So I was going to say, this is the question I love the most selfishly because I'm 30, but um, what advice would you guys give to your 30-year-old selves? Kimberly, do you want to start off? Don't sweat the small stuff. Okay. You know, it's, uh, life is good and it's long and every moment you have, whether it's two years or 50 years, every moment is a gift and don't waste it. Right. Thank you for that. And Kate, do you have any advice to your 30-year-old self? I mean, I would just say go for it. Whatever okay. it is, go for it. Okay. Not hold back at all. Um. Do you guys have any particular daily routines that help you conquer the day? So, Kimberly, if you want to start off on that one. Absolutely. We try to get up really early, about Mm -hmm. 5.30, get through emails or anything that we normally procrastinate on during Mm -hmm. the day. We try to get that out of the way before we get our kids up, make their lunches, and get them off to school. Okay. So, that's a nice, quiet time. Sometimes we're working together via documents or even on the phone. More often than not, we're each in our homes in our pajamas with our coffee, getting that first group of things done. And that way, we can still take kids to dentist appointments and do what we need to do. Okay. Um, the second thing we try to do is connect a little bit every day, you know, whether it's taking a walk to get coffee, which that's probably 90% of the time okay. <laughs> what it is. I guess coffee would be our number one thing since everyone likes to go for a cup of it. <laughs> pretty much. Pretty much. 
Um, that's funny you say that. I'll I just see the morning wine at night. <laughs> um, I just read a book recently that said I forgot what book it was called. I'll I'll think of it and put it in the show notes. But um, where they say doing walking meetings is really helpful because you're however your brain is thinking when you're walking, you're able to get like a lot more done. Um, so I think it's kind of cool how you guys, you know, will walk and get coffee and sort of, you know, talk things out about the business. Yeah, it's great. It's great for us. Yeah. And do you guys have, you know, if you could gift one book to every person, what would it be? One book? Mm-hmm. Oh, I'm going to sound like an evangelist. I guess I'd say the Bible, but uh, <laughs> if it's another book, right now it would be with Breath Become There. Okay. If you ask me in five minutes, I'll give you another one. Okay. When Breath Becomes Air is fabulous. Okay. I love it. Okay. Um, any other ones? Okay. I loved the book Extremely Loud and Incredibly Close. I okay. read that years ago, and I've read it a couple times since. Okay. There's a lot of wonderful books out there. Yeah. So I think that about wraps everything up. Um, so where can everyone find Grace by Grit? Where can they follow you guys? If you want to take a moment to just, you know, let the listeners know. They can find us online. They can go to gracebygrit.com. They okay. can follow us on Instagram at Grace by Grit. Okay. Um, Twitter at Grace by Grit. Okay. Yeah, Facebook, all those social handles that Kim really loves to talk about hashtags with. And, yeah, they can check us out. They can email us anytime at Grit.com. We love ideas for products. We love great stories and events that resonate uh, with other women. So okay. check us out online for sure. We've okay, got a great. great. Awesome. And if you're still on a beach, come by our store. We're super fun to hang out with. Okay. Um, well, thanks, guys, for taking this time. And I know, again, you know, big, big thanks. I know, Kimberly, you're in Cabo. Kate, you're in uh, San Diego. And I'm in Philadelphia. So I'm glad we were able to connect and share the story with all the listeners. Thanks for having me. Thank you. Hi, everybody. Thank you so very much for taking the time to listen to High Five Success Stories. To learn more about the podcast, feel free to follow me on Instagram. My handle is at High Five Success. Or on Facebook, you can like High Five Success Stories with Steph Hayden. Or I'm also on Twitter. My handle is at High Five Hayden. And lastly, you can subscribe to the newsletter on my website, www.stephhayden.com. And if you get a second, I would really appreciate it if you could rate the podcast on iTunes. Thanks so much.